In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout his life and his ministry, Jesus prayed often. He went off into desolate places by himself so that he could speak to his Father and be comforted with the promises of God, with the truth that his Father loved him and would never abandon him. Jesus prayed for you. During his life, he prayed that you would be sanctified by the truth, that you would hear God's word and believe it, that you would learn of your Heavenly Father's love and you would hold it fast, and so you would rejoice. Even in the face of sin and death, you would rejoice, knowing that God abounds in steadfast love. Jesus also prayed even on the cross. Three times he prayed. We didn't hear them in the Gospel of John tonight, but you're familiar with these words, the three prayers Jesus prays from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at last, into your hands I commit my spirit. Notice how he begins on the cross in a way that you and I would never begin, with forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness, which is so often our last thought, is the very first thought of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Even from the garden, when Adam and Eve broke the heart of their Heavenly Father, God's first thought was forgiveness. And so he cursed the serpent and made a promise that the offspring of the woman would crush his head. Forgiveness is his first thought, and when God reveals himself to us, he reveals himself not in the way that you would expect, not in plain righteousness and holiness or justice or vengeance or in unapproachable light, although all of those things do belong to God. But when God reveals himself to us, it is like this. As he says to Moses, I am the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. It is perhaps what is hardest for us to believe, that God is, in his truest nature, not vengeful or hateful. He is not angry and full of malice, but overflowing with forgiveness. He is ready to forgive long before you even considered sinning. He was ready to send his son before he even founded the world, because in his heart of hearts is love overflowing. God is love. Let tonight and the sight of Jesus on the cross, let that sight prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you. You, you individually. Not you altogether, that's true as well, but you individually. Christ speaks his word of peace to you. Into your ears and into your heart, believe his promises. Father, forgive them, he prays. Even of those who are nailing his hands and feet, those who have pressed that crown of thorns into his head, those who have mocked him and reviled him and shouted out, 
crucify him, crucify him, those who exchanged him for a robber, even for Pilate, who couldn't be bothered to do what was right. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But as he languishes on the cross and as he labors, as he suffers for our sins, he cries out. He gives voice to his agony, and of course he cries out to his Father, let this be a lesson for you, that when you are in agony, when you're angry with God, when you find that you have nothing else to say, when you wonder where God is, cry out to him. Render your complaints to him, to no one else. No one else can hear and help, but God can. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when you take a lesson from Jesus here, do not think that he is in despair. His father had not forsaken him, had not abandoned him, but would raise him on the third day. Jesus cried out because his father had gone silent. And according to his human nature, how can you but cry out when God goes silent? But those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus borrows those words from Psalm 22, a psalm of David. When you have some time, read the whole thing. Doubtlessly, Jesus prayed the whole thing from the cross. And in the course of that psalm, he does not stop with my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he moves right on ahead to first remembering all of God's promises and his faithfulness before. You've been faithful to my fathers. That's what David says. You've been faithful to our people. All along, you have never once broken your promises. You have never once let your Holy One see corruption. You certainly will not now. And even me, even me, David says, I have trusted in you from the moment of my birth. You made me to trust on you at my mother's breast. So of course you will not abandon me now. No one else can help me. No one else listens. No one else can be trusted. I don't have any hope in myself. David says, I have been poured out like water. I can count all my bones. There is no hope for me, but in you, O Lord, I will hope. And not even just hope, as in a faint and frail hope, but I will praise the Lord. That's what David says. In the same psalm that he has cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says, I will praise the Lord because after all, it is the lowly and the afflicted, those who are despised by the world, those who suffer mockery and reproach. It is those that God saves. It is the lowly that God raises up. If that's who you are, then God is for you. If that's who Christ was on the cross, then how could he doubt? How could he doubt that his father would save him? Those words were not words of despair. They were a complaint and a plea, but it was a plea of faith. Psalm 22 ends in an incredible way. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. That's you. That's you when Jesus is on the cross. His good deeds and God's faithfulness to him would be proclaimed to you. He thought about you on the cross. A people yet unborn that God has done it. He was always going to. He said he would, and he did. 
God kept his word to his son so that he could keep his word to you. To rescue you from sin and death. And so in the last, as Jesus prepares to breathe his last, he says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. The prayer of a faithful man who dies a blessed death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of those who commit their spirits to their heavenly father. Notice this. No one takes his spirit away from him. Not the soldiers, not the Jews, not Pilate. No one takes his life from him. Not even his heavenly father takes his life from him. Jesus gives it up. He hands it over. Even at a point when all seems hopeless. They said, if you're the son of God, come down from there. Let us see if God saves him. He trusts in God. Where is his God now? Even at this point, when all seems hopeless, when if the wife of Job was here, she would have said to Jesus, curse God and die. When all seems lost, Jesus trusts. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Jesus is quoting Psalm 31 when he says, into your hands I commit my spirit. That psalm begins in this way. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. See how even in the midst of dreadful agony, in the midst of what the world counts as defeat, in what the world sees as ugly and full of gore, see how Jesus is at peace. And you, O Lord, I take refuge. Even when it seems like the devil has won, even when it seems like the grave is going to have its victory, the psalmist says, you have not handed me over to my enemy. Into your hands, O Lord, do I commit my spirit. God had heard his pleas. This is the brilliant end to Psalm 31. God had heard his prayers. Listen to to what the psalmist says, what David says in Psalm 31. You heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. But what is Jesus asking for when he pleads with his heavenly Father for help? What shall I ask, that this cup pass from me, that you save me from this hour? That's not what he asks for from the cross. He doesn't ask that his own life be redeemed. But he asks that your lives would be redeemed. His blood pleads for you. And his heavenly Father has heard his plea. On the cross, God gives him the help he asks for, which is help for you. Forgiveness for you, life for you, salvation for you, resurrection for you, freedom from sin and sorrow and grief for you, eternal joy for you. Jesus receives everything that he desires from his heavenly Father. Your will be done and not mine, and the will of God is that you would live. Love the Lord, all you his saints. That's how Psalm 31 ends. Love the Lord. The Lord preserves the faithful. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. To God alone be all glory now and forever. Amen.